I'm doing the first live news weekly at the Comedy Republic in Melbourne on the 19th of January 2024 at 7pm. Tickets are available at comedyrepublic.com.au and at thesamishah.com. Join my Patreon and get access to a discount code. It's the perfect Christmas gift. Do people give New Year's gifts? It can be a New Year's gift. Or, you know what, not even a gift for anyone. Buy it for yourself. You deserve it. You've worked hard all 2023. And why not start 2024 off with a little bit of a naughty indulgence? The show will definitely feature a live news weekly, possibly some stand-up, a Q&A section for which you can email me your questions at samishaygmail.com, and other stuff that I haven't yet thought of. Okay, that's it. Now, on with the show. Top Stories of the Week Yes, still more Israel and Gaza. Also, if you haven't been fired from the ABC, have you even lived? All that and more on Newsweek. Hello and welcome to News Weekly, where we punch the news in the headlines weekly. I say civilians, you also say civilians, but you don't care, news now. According to the Hamas-run Gaza Health Ministry, whose figures even Israel has found to be fairly accurate by now, the death toll in Gaza is over 20,000. That means nearly 300 people have been killed daily since the start of the conflict, which means Gaza has so far suffered 6.7911s. According to CNN analysts, Israel has dropped more than 29,000 bombs on Gaza, with up to 45% of them being un guided which can miss their target by up to 30 meters, which in an area like Gaza is the difference between hitting a Hamas headquarters and an apartment packed with civilians. This is according to military advisors. Israel supporters call this collateral damage with the understanding that the parents of children killed in the bombings will totally understand and say don't worry about it if you keep calling it that. Now, the Israel Defense Force has said it takes precautionary measures in order to avoid damage to the civilian populations, which means that either the IDF is really bad at precautionary measures or their idea of precautionary measures is to kill lots of civilians in an area so other civilians won't then go to that area, although the area they do run to will probably also get bombed. Healthcare facility as well as evacuation zone as we're we're getting into... Oh my god, did you hear that? Yes, yes, Oh my god. That's the hospital, that's the hospital. That's the hospital. That's a journalist in Rafah reacting to drone attacks there after Israel had directed Gazans to seek refuge in the area the day before. The death tolls and humanitarian crisis in Gaza is now getting so bad that even journalists who tend to be quite sympathetic to Israel are now being forced to harden their criticisms. Here's MSNBC's Chris Hayes, MSNBC by the way, which recently fired Mehdi Hassan, according to rumours because of the hard line he had previously taken on Israel's Gaza attack as well. But that aside, the deeper problem here is that if you spend any time at all reading the Israeli press, listening to what Israeli leaders and commentators are actually saying, it is very clear that for a lot of people in government, 
the mass destruction of Gaza, raising it like Putin raised Grozny or Assad raised Aleppo, is the point, the goal. Many prominent members of the Israeli governing class don't think there is such a thing as an innocent civilian in Gaza, have said that everyone in Gaza deserves their fate. From Knesset member, mayor of Ben Ari, saying that, quote, the children of Gaza have brought this upon themselves, to an Israeli military spokesman saying the emphasis of Israel's military campaign was, quote, on damage and not on accuracy, to Israel's president, Isaac Herzog, suggesting there are no civilians in Gaza and everyone is a legitimate target, to journalist Shimon Ricklin, who said this on Israeli TV. In case you don't speak phlegm, the Israeli journalist is saying, I am for the war crimes. I am unable to sleep if I don't see houses being destroyed in Gaza, quote unquote. Which is pretty interesting because the only way I get to sleep at night is by imagining that journalist getting punched in his stupid fucking face. Back to Chris Hayes. It is just plainly the case that our country is supporting a war whose animating moral logic looks to most of the world and frankly to me to be that every single last person in Gaza is guilty and deserves their lot. And that is the moral logic of Hamas. It is the moral logic that drove the atrocity of October 7th. And an atrocity like October 7th does not cannot justify whatever comes after it, whatever the response. There is no terrorist attack, no matter how horrific and truly October 7th was horrific, that can wash clean what we are seeing in Gaza and what we as Americans and our government are abetting. That's Chris Hayes again, ruling out any future possibility of being a guest presenter on ABC Radio Sydney. And it's not just him. Here's Pierre's goddamn motherfucking phone hacking. How is this the voice of reason? Morgan. Welcome to Piers Morgan Uncensored. Throughout the long and deadly history of Israel's wars with Palestine, it's usually fallen to Israel's friends to tell them when it's time to stop. That time may be fast approaching again, even as Israel insists it needs more time to eradicate Hamas. It can only have itself to blame. This weekend, the IDF admitted to killing three of its own hostages in Gaza. The men were waving a white flag of surrender. They'd used scraps of food to scrawl SOS, desperately pleading for help. Regardless of whether they were Israeli or Palestinian, there was no justification under international law for killing them. It's a clear breach of the rules of engagement. What does that tragedy tell us about the way Israeli soldiers are treating Palestinian civilians? How seriously should we now take Israel's insistence is doing everything it can to keep innocent people alive? In a separate incident, two innocent women were reportedly shot dead by sniper fire at a Catholic church in Gaza. One of them was leaving the church shelter to go to the toilet. Cardinal Vincent Nichols, the Archbishop of Westminster, one of Britain's most senior spiritual leaders, was scathing. It's certainly a cold-blooded killing. The Israeli Defence Force says didn't happen, wasn't there? Well, I think that's hard to believe, frankly, because uh, the people in Gaza and the Cardinal Archbishop of Jerusalem, they're not given to tell lies. So you don't believe the Israeli Defence Force? No, I don't. The church attack Pierce Morgan is referring to here has been denied by the IDF, putting everyone in the difficult position of having to choose the side of the Catholic Church. Not an easy decision in any context. Here's the deputy mayor of Jerusalem claiming there are no churches and Christians in Jerusalem. 
I don't, I saw the reports this morning. Um, the church, there are no churches in Gaza, so I'm not quite sure where the report well, is, the, is, is there's talking a, about. There's a Catholic church in there, isn't there? That is. Yeah, unfortunately, in... there are no Christians because they were dry, dro droven, driven out by. Well, there some are, respectfully, there are Christians because I spoke to an MP yesterday who has family members in the church who are Christians. Well, I don't Unless know what happened. I don't know who was attacked. I didn't see the report. Just a reminder, she starts by saying she saw the reports this morning, then she didn't see the reports. Which is probably how she didn't see the population of about a thousand Christians in Gaza, constituting the oldest Christian community in the world, dating back to the first century. The thing is, all these attacks are providing more and more evidence that even if you believe Israel, when it says it isn't targeting civilians, you have to start believing Israel's critics when they say it isn't not not targeting them. Here's BBC's Stephen Sacker interviewing former Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett. I'm just looking at some extraordinary statistics. The UN says that there have now been 364 attacks on healthcare services since Israel's military operation began. 553 people killed, 729 injured inside healthcare facilities. The UN Special Rapporteur on the Right to Health says that the healthcare infrastructure of the Gaza Strip has been, quote, completely obliterated. Comes back to this point you try to make to me, which is Israel is doing a precise operation. It takes the very greatest of care not to harm civilians. Statistics like the ones I've just given to you show that is not true. No, absolutely not. They show that Hamas uses hospitals and medical facilities as terror bases. Now that is true, sort of. IDF forces have found evidence of tunnels running under the hospitals, tunnels they say were being used by Hamas leaders. And at least one hospital director has, while in Shin Bet custody, admitted to being a Hamas operative. However, in the case of the highly publicised Al-Shifa hospital, the Washington Post has spent weeks investigating the evidence provided and concluded that one, the rooms connecting to the tunnel network discovered by IDF troops showed no immediate evidence of military use by Hamas, Two, none of the five hospital buildings identified appear to be connected to the tunnel network. And three, there is no evidence that the tunnels could be accessed from inside hospital wards. Oh, and also, even if they were being used by Hamas, that doesn't mean they automatically qualify as targets for bombing. There are things called international laws which govern the rules of war, which I, we as I understand by. it, Israel accepts. Now, B'Tselem, which is an Israeli human rights organization, has considered this human shields argument and says the following, Hamas violating international humanitarian law does not release Israel of its own obligations under international law. The interpretation put forward by Israel completely overlooks the rule that one party's violation of these provisions does not, does not release the other party from its obligation to uphold those laws. I'm not claiming otherwise. I will say two things. First of all, I wouldn't quote B'Tselem uh, because it's an organization of uh, self-hating Israelis oh. that are targeting Israel. But well, they happen to disagree with you. I don't know if that makes them self-hating. 
Well, uh, no, it's not about disagreeing. It's about what, what they focus on and what they do. By the way, self-hating is an attack always leveled against anyone critical of nationalist claims. I've heard it about human rights groups in Pakistan and Australia as well. So far, Jews critical of Israel have been called self-hating Jews and Israeli organizations critical of Israel are called self-hating Israelis. That's like calling me a self-hating X-Men fan because I don't think any of the books outside of Al Ewing's excellent X-Men Red is worth reading these days. I just want the rest of the books to be better. Bet Salem is an organization that catalogues Israeli human rights crimes against Palestinians, yes, but if the Israeli government doesn't like them, they can just commit less human rights crimes and thus make Bet Salem useless. The shooting of the Israeli hostages by the IDF isn't just a tragic end to a horrific situation for those hostages. It's also evidence that the IDF is ignoring basic rules of engagement. That doesn't make it unique, by the way. The Americans did this and much worse in Iraq and Afghanistan. And if you've never heard of My Lai in Vietnam, maybe don't Google it before going to bed if you don't want any nightmares. Every military, even the most disciplined in the world, goes on a bit of a rampage among civilian populations the moment it thinks no one's watching. And with the kind of non-stop anti-Gazan propaganda being pumped at them from their own government and journalists, you can't blame the IDF for not exactly prioritizing Gazan lives. And by you can't blame them, I mean you can blame them, and you probably should. Speaking of blame, Hamas's leadership has blamed Israel on the collapse of another prisoner swap deal. Hamas says it won't release any hostages unless Israel stops bombing. This announcement was made during a meeting between Hamas leadership and Egyptian officials in Cairo. A meeting that, according to experts, proves that the bombing has yet to demoralize or even dismantle Hamas in any effective way. In fact, according to most polls and surveys, it's increased support for Hamas among Palestinians. All of which means Hamas has taken one more hostage that no one's counting. And that's the Israeli common sense. Here's hoping it isn't also shot by the IDF while waving a white flag. A selfish reaction to a tragedy, news now. There are things the Czech city of Prague is known for, gothic architecture and goulash being chief among them. What you don't often think of Prague as is a place where an American-style school shooting can take place, which is exactly what happened on Thursday. Police in the Czech Republic say a gunman has killed at least 14 people at a university in central Prague. Dozens more have been injured. The gunman also shot dead his father before the rampage. Authorities say there is no link to terrorism. You know what? I'm going to be very honest. The first thing I googled when I saw there was a shooting in Prague was whether or not they knew the identity of the shooter and what religion he was. It's this weird thing that most Muslims, even ex-Muslims like myself, go through whenever there's a major attack of violence in a Western country. First, there's the shock at the violence. Then, a panicked search for the perpetrator's identity. Then, if they're non-Muslim, a bit of guilty relief before going back to focusing on the violence and the shock and grief it might bring. Or if they are Muslim, then sighing and hunkering down for all the inevitable all Muslims are terrorists that people post online. Instead, right now, Muslims are relieved to be posting why isn't it called terrorism when it is not a Muslim, which fails to understand how terrorism is qualified, but is also the weirdest act of inclusivity. Why can't all mass murderers be terrorists? Is basically what they're asking. The gunman was a student at the university who murdered his own father before going on this killing spree and possibly taking his own life as well. Police believe the shooter, who was a student at the university, acted alone. 
They say there is no link to international terrorism or extremist groups. With the nation in shock, the Prime Minister addresses the Czech people. First of all, let me express my deepest condolences to the relatives and friends of all the victims. None of us can fully imagine the depth of grief and pain they are now experiencing. Many lives, mostly young people, have been needlessly lost. Many of them are injured, some unfortunately very seriously. There is no justification for this horrendous act, and like many of you, I feel deep sadness and disgust in the face of this senseless and brutal violence. Despite the tragedy, it is heartening to hear a politician talk about gun violence without saying the phrase, thoughts and prayers. See America, it can be done. The ABC fires all humans and achieves true zen-like non-biased neutrality. News now. Last week, we covered the debate around who is and isn't allowed to say or not say anything about Israel and Gaza in Australian newsrooms. Well, the latest development there is that Antoinette Latouf, who co-authored an investigation by Crikey into whether or not the phrase gas the Jews can be heard at the Sydney protest in a video released by the Australian Jewish Association, well, she's been fired from a guest presenter role at ABC Radio Sydney. Now, ABC Radio Sydney also recently fired Josh Zepps, or at least ended his contract much earlier than planned after he made some comments critical of pro-Palestinian groups on Sherry Markson's Sky News After Blah show. I bring that up not as evidence that ABC Sydney is even worse at making hiring decisions than ABC Melbourne, but because it's evidence that ABC isn't fucking around. When they say they don't want any presenters accused of bias, they mean it. The problem is, the accusation has to be valid. Antoinette Latouf says ABC informed her that the firing was because she shared a Human Rights Watch post to her Instagram. The post, which was also a story on the ABC News website, details how Human Rights Watch claims Israel is using starvation as a weapon in Gaza. Now, if that's what she was fired for, then that's not bias. Sharing a claim by an accredited organization alone cannot be ground for firing. Does the overall weight of her work and social media postings point to the direction of someone who is anti-Israel? I would argue yes. But I would also argue that that was clear long before she began her job at the ABC last week, and maybe they should have done their due diligence before hiring her. But cutting a contract short 48 hours after she begins hosting a show due to complaints makes the ABC look incompetent, and one that's willing to bow down to external pressure instead of backing internal choices. If, however, she was fired because of the crikey investigation, then that's much, much worse. Because whether you like the topic being investigated or not, committing an act of investigative journalism isn't evidence of bias. That's like saying everyone at the ABC who ever did a story on where Australia's best meat pie can be found is guilty of being pro-animal killing and anti-vegan. Don't think about that analogy too much, I obviously didn't. My point is what Antoinette should have done is just said something clearly and obviously racist. Like that time presenter Philip Adams called Kamal an honorary white. Then she'd still have a job, just like Adams still has his. 
That's it for this week's edition of News Weekly. Like I said, the live show is happening. Please buy tickets. It's at comedyrepublic.com.au, January 19th, 7 p.m. If you're a member of my Patreon, you know where you can get, get the discount code. If you don't know where it is, just message me and I'll tell you. And you can get discounted tickets. Look, even if one person turns up, I will happily do a show. I'm just interested in seeing how this goes. I've never done a live show myself. It'll be fun no matter what happens. Um, also, if you like this podcast, please head over to iTunes, give it a five-star rating and a review and all of that jazz just to help it with the algorithms and no one cares, blah, 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 etc., etc. Merry Christmas. I hope all of you have a wonderful time over the next few days and I will see you right back here next week on News Weekly, where we punch the news in the headlines weekly. Weekly.